All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Good evening, America, and welcome to this Just the News, Real America's Voice special report, China Syndrome, America's Failure to Counter Beijing's Malign Influence. I'm your host, John Solomon, and tonight, in partnership with our sponsor, Heritage Action for America, we're going to explore and discuss how the Biden administration policy shifts on China are emboldening Beijing to more aggressively try to supplant the United States as the world's economic and military superpower. From economic espionage aimed at stealing our best secrets, to aggression in the South China Sea and that targeting our great ally there, Taiwan. Communist China has become more bold in its long-held quest to knock America out of its number one perch since Joe Biden became president. Over the course of this next hour, we'll be joined by a federal lawmaker, former President Trump's economic and China policy advisors, activists, and others to look back on our history of international diplomacy and what lies ahead for the U.S.-China relationship. And we've got the perfect guest to kick off this show here tonight. Joining us, he's a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Joining us from the great state of Florida, Congressman Greg Stubbe. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Hey, John, good to see you. You have been one of the most clarion call voices in Congress, warning that we're not taking the China threat seriously. How much has Joe Biden tipped the balance back to Beijing in these last 15 months? Well, he's tipped the balance back because he's compromised. I mean, this is all factual. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party has given billions of dollars to his son, Hunter Biden, and his aligned companies. Well, isn't that going to affect your father's decisions as it relates to policies uh, to the, the the country that's giving money to your son? Absolutely it is. He's, he's re, um, removed some of the things that Trump put in place to be tough on China, on the trade policies, on those sort of things that the Trump administration started to do. When John Ratcliffe left as the national security advisor to Trump, uh, one of the last things he said was the number one threat to the safety and the security of the American people is the Chinese Communist Party. And what a 180 shift once the Biden administration comes in. They're not paying attention to China at all. In fact, they're encouraging them to continue their malign behavior. Yeah, it's remarkable. And, you know, Joe Biden's adopted some of the language of Donald Trump, but in action, it's very quite different. 
How important was it that the Justice Department shut down the China Initiative, kept the FBI from continuing to monitor the malign influence in academic institutions here on our shores? Well, and it just goes to show when we take the majority back, that's stuff where we're going to need to pass in Congress to tell the FBI and the DOJ that they need to go and do those kind of things. But that absolutely shows you exactly how compromised this administration is as it relates to China. Uh, and, and it emboldens them because they know that, that, that Biden's compromised, that his family's compromised. And with a war going on in Ukraine, uh, what a better time to steal our IP, to use drones to surveil on our military bases, to do the type of things that they want to do as our number one threat to the safety and security of the American people. Yeah, and it is an opportune time because we do have our eyes on Russia right now. Uh, a little while ago, the Democrats brought a bill that sounded great, right? The America Competes Act of 2022, but it doesn't really do what uh, we need in this equation. Why did you vote against it? What do we need to do to make that bill better? Well, and let me just highlight a few of the most offensive things. This was 2,900 pages that, of course, were given to us days before, hours before we voted on it. It gives billions of dollars that would add to what we're already seeing in inflation. It would give $4 billion to the UN Climate Fund. Uh, which obviously isn't countering China. It would give over $100 billion to woke universities that work hand in hand with China every single day. Uh, it mentions, this is an interesting fact, I love this. It mentions coral reefs more than it actually men mentions China. It's wow. $5 million to create a chief diversity officer at the National Science Foundation, and it fails to hold China accountable for the COVID-19 pandemic. No investigation, nothing like that. So uh, myself and my colleagues at the Republican Study Committee have our own bill. It's only 269 pages. It's 0.5% of the cost of the Democrats' bill. It would actually strengthen our military. It would sanction enforcement and law enforcement capabilities to counter China. It would modernize our U.S. law to stop Chinese IP theft of our, of our intellectual property. It would actually hold China accountable for its malign influence in the United States. And for once, we'd actually create a select committee to actually investigate what we all know happened with the origins of COVID-19 that this Democratic majority and the Biden administration is completely ignoring. They would rather investigate January 6th, where everybody knows what happens there, there that day on January 6th, even though they're not giving us all the video feed from that day, than actually investigate what's killed hundreds of thousands of Americans right here in the United States. Yeah, it's remarkable. We don't have the answer to something we should by now know. It's crazy. Uh, if the Republicans get in control, and it sure looks like they're going to in 2023, the way the polls are leaning, uh, what are the most important steps the Republican caucus? You mentioned uh, the Republican Study Committee. What can be done to really start to improve the U.S.-China balance? Well, what we have to do, because Biden's still going to be in the White House, is we need to use the appropriations process because the House controls the purse strings. And we can we can establish policy objectives and get a policy objectives uh, uh, accomplished through the appropriations process by putting writers on the DHS Homeland Security as it relates to immigration. Put put information. We're not gonna we're not gonna fund this climate change, uh, UN, all these different things that the Democrats want to fund. We're not gonna do that. So we can have a huge impact on the direction of the policy of the United States just by using the purse strings and the appropriations process to do it. And I hope that we'll remain uh, that our leadership will be conservative on that and fight the administration and really direct us to conservative policy principles through our appropriations process. Yeah, so important. We got about a minute left. I want to ask you about this. I recently had a chance to interview President Trump. We talked about the idea of creating a NATO-like uh, entity in uh, the Pacific to counter China's military aggression there, much like NATO has done in Europe, uh, and building off the quad that he started 
uh, so effectively in his administration. Do you think there's growing uh, consensus of that in Congress that that might be an approach that works? Well, there's certainly going to need to be an approach by those countries in the Pacific, Australia, Japan, South Korea. They're seeing what China is doing. They're seeing what China is doing to Taiwan. There's been numbers of, uh, there was uh, 40 military sorties just in the last few months from Chinese aircraft into Taiwanese airspace. It's not a secret that the Chinese uh, wish to invade Taiwan at some point in time. So to have an alignment of all those countries there, they're going to have to stick together to be able to combat the huge military strength uh, of the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, so important. Congressman, you're on the leading edge of this. We're so grateful for the time today and all the work that you're doing to keep this issue in front of the American people, even if the ruling class in Washington right now are trying to sweep it under the rug. Thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, good to see you. Thank you. You as well, sir. Thank you. All right, folks, when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to be joined by one of former President Trump's economic advisors. You know him, Steve Moore. He's here to discuss just how and what America can do to reclaim our position as an economic superpower. I'll tell you, Beijing wants to take that mantle away from us. He's going to give us a good insight as to how we keep it. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer. No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens 
can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Welcome back, everybody. You know, a lot of people in this country are talking about the fact that we've gone from America first to America last in a very short term. And the big winner in that transition is China. We've got the perfect person to help referee that debate. Joining us right now, one of the most important voices in all of economics. He is currently a senior fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Before that, he's worked for Congress and most importantly, was a senior advisor to President Trump. Joining us right now, Steve Moore. Steve, great to have you on the show. Hello, John. Good to be with you. So we look at the state of our economy today, it's in shambles, the market's down, inflation's up, uh, gas prices are almost unsustainable for everyday Americans. China's got to be smiling right now looking at the state of our economy. You know, I, I always said that if Joe Biden won the election in 2020, that the two biggest winners would be Vladimir Putin and President Xi of China. And sadly, it's now looking like I was right about that. Yeah. Um, you know, this agenda of not putting America first, but in many ways, putting America last. I mean, you look at the energy policies, what's happening with inflation, what's happening with our border, what's happening with crime in the cities, what's happening with our burgeoning you know, national debt. This is just playing right into the hands of our chief competitors. And obviously China's the number one, but you know, Russia is loving the fact that we're pulling back on our energy production. Um, and, and that this is what's enabled them to you know, go into Ukraine with their murderous campaign. So it's, uh, it's uh, unfortunate, but the reality is that um, they are the winners from, from these Biden policies. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, the, the pandemic exposed our bad supply chain, things that we don't manufacture here that we might not be able to get in a part of crisis. We're also losing skilled jobs. How important is it for us to address those two subjects, the supply chain and keeping and growing skilled jobs here in America? Well, look, I'm going to challenge this idea that Biden always uh, repeats that oh, the reason we have these supply chain problems is because of the, you know, the post pandemic. We didn't have these supply chain problems, did we, John, when, when uh, Donald Trump was president? We did. Uh, when the economy is booming or even in the early stages of the recovery from COVID. It was only when Biden came into office, you saw the supply chain problems and the inflation problem, which obviously those two things are related. So I always like to uh, cite the statistic that 15 months ago, uh, the month that Donald Trump left office, the inflation rate was one and a half percent. Now we've got eight to eight and a half percent inflation. By the way, a lot of Americans think it's closer to 15 or 20 percent inflation when you look at the things you have to buy, like food and energy and home heating and travel costs. And so um, the, this is a direct result, not of this 
act of nature, which was the pandemic, but rather uh, actions by the Biden administration that have really hurt American industry and American workers. There was a moment in the Trump presidency, I think that was historic. It was so important. It was called the phase one economic and trade agreement with China. I think it was January 2020, as I recall. Why was that such an important step? And what has Biden do to, uh, done to derail us from that progress? Well, you know, we got tough with China. China, you got to give Trump credit. He was really the first modern president to recognize China as the adversary and enemy that they've be turned into. And both from a military and an economic perspective, China has been engaged in incredibly predatory practices. And so I, I'm not a tariff guy. You know that, John. But I, I did I did like the way Trump got tough with China. He used uh, the threat of those tariffs to get better trade deals with China. And now we've got someone who's just, you know, basically letting China do whatever they want, want walk right over us. Um, the reason you see President Xi uh, smiling right now is that they think that they can take over from America as the world economic superpower. Now, I, I don't think we're still a $22 trillion economy. They're still at about $16 trillion, so they're well behind us. But they think that they can catch up and they can knock us off our perch. And everything Biden is doing, the higher taxes, the higher debt, the, the new regulations on American industries, the destruction of our energy industry, all of those play right into China's hand. Yeah, they do. And something else they talk about a lot, they want to try to supplant the U.S. dollar as the world currency. I know there's a digital yuan uh, initiative. Tell us why that's so important to China to achieve in the next decade. Yeah. Now, I'm not quite as worried as some others are, John, about, uh, you know, the yuan becoming the world currency. I mean, would you buy the yuan over the dollar? I don't, no. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I know that there is, you know, there's some legitimate concern about this, but the dollar actually has been soaring. Uh, relative to other currencies in the last number of months, even though even though we have inflation here, you know, the, light, the way I like to put it, John, is we're the least rotten apple in the cart. And so uh, people are, are still uh, buying dollars because they still see it as a safe currency relative to these other nations. But I believe the bigger challenge is as we continue to borrow trillions of dollars every year, yeah. as we continue to run up our deficits and debt, that that there might be a a loss of confidence, you know, in the in the dollar as the world reserve currency. And so um, that's a real danger. And we would lose. You think inflation is bad now? Look what would happen to uh, the price of everything if we lost that world reserve currency status. Yeah, no, it would be devastating. And uh, people don't want any more devastation or shockwaves right now. We yeah. got about well, the other thing, John, that I would mention you know, because inflation is just killing the economy. It's killing the stock market. I mean, yeah. the losses in the stock market uh, as of, uh, you know, the middle of May have been in the last two months, eight to ten trillion dollars of just wealth that's been evaporated. Uh, and I believe that's what's really holding back uh, stock values and causing this massive sell off is the high inflation levels. We saw this in the 1970s. Our Laffer and I wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal about this a week or two ago where we said, look, if you look at what happened in the 70s, you know, that the market just was hor horrific. I mean, the Dow went from 1,000 to 800 over a 12-year period, and that's before adjusting for inflation. And adjusting for inflation, the stock market lost 65% of its value over a 12-year period. Inflation is a killer of wages. It's a killer of GDP, and it's a killer of the stock market. So we got to do something to bring down 
uh, the higher prices. And unfortunately, John, everything that I've heard Joe Biden say in the last two or three weeks has basically been a doubling down on the very policies that caused the inflation in the first place. Yeah, that's why a lot of people think China's smiling in the in the rearview mirror at us right now. Steve Moore, it is always an honor to have you on the show. You make sense of very complicated things, and we always come out a lot smarter. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, John. Good to have you on. All right, folks, stick around, because when we come back, we'll continue this very important conversation. We've got a great lineup right up this. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, everybody. Listen, about two decades ago, Republicans and Democrats were singing from the same hymnal. And that is that China was going to be America's long-term friend. But one person saw what was really going on. He is the author of one of the most important books written on U.S.-Chinese relations, The Hundred Year Marathon. He was the chief advisor to President Trump on China. He is Dr. Michael Pillsbury, and he's joining us right now. Michael, great to have you on the show today. Thank you, John. When, as you look out now, it's been about 15, 16 months of the Biden policy. How much has China made uh, gains under this president? Well, China has made gains under President Biden. Uh, at first, they were very worried that the Biden administration and President Biden himself were adopting all of President Trump's rhetoric. There's a very famous interview Biden gave that very much copied uh, a very important sentence by President Trump. Trump had said, if Hillary Clinton won the election, uh, China would be surpassing us now. Uh, Biden said, China wants to surpass us, but it's not going to happen on my watch. 
So both presidents have been focused at the rhetorical level on this challenge for China. But a lot of things that President Trump did were action items, uh, starting the trade negotiations, uh, specifically a meeting with the Chinese in person to uh, forge a new relationship. That has not happened with Biden. He seems to believe, and it's obviously very smart for him to do this, Biden seems to believe he can get away with just having the rhetoric on China. And then they have this three-part plan. I don't know if you heard this, John. There's a three-part plan that Biden administration has put forward. I think quite different from the Trump administration. It said we will be adversaries when we must. We will cooperate where we can. And we will have competition when needed. So they want you to focus on these three shiny objects, cooperation, competition, and being an adversary. Uh, it's pretty hard to justify all three of those at the same time, in my view. Yeah, yeah, they seem to be contradictory. What You wrote this book, I guess about 17, 18 years ago now. What uh, You've seen most of the predictions in that book come true. What is the most important takeaway about what China's done in the last two decades? Well, there are really two, John. The first is to I attacked and criticized the view that China is weak and going to collapse. This was an almost universal point of view uh, over the last 15, 20 years. I showed in my book how the Chinese themselves are pushing this story. Most countries, you would think, would say positive things about their country. We are great. We are growing. You know, we are honest. Instead, the Chinese would tell American visitors, beginning about 1995, we have many problems. We don't have enough water. We don't have enough food. We have to import oil. We have peasant riots going on all the time. So don't worry your pretty little head about China because we're never going to amount to anything. And you may have seen uh, Vice President Mike Pence's speech at Hudson, where <laughs> Vice President Pence said, since these people have been saying China will collapse more than 20 years ago, China has grown 10 times larger. So this is the big disaster that we face. If China were still weak, it used to be 10% of our GDP. Uh, if they were still 10% of our GDP, they would not be a major challenge or a problem. We have a lot of our China experts and our economists who focus on these collapse points or slowdown. They love to say, oh, China statistics are true. You know, they're, they're slowing down. They're only growing at 5%. Well, we're only growing on long-term average in several decades. We grow at 2%. So this growth rate competition is what's really going to kill us. And the number of people who say, don't worry about China. I think it's growing, and it tends to be Wall Street billionaires, as well as some of our think tanks. <laughs> this undercuts any kind of concern that uh, Donald Trump used to raise, and that Biden has raised rhetorically. This undercuts that uh, threat from China by making us feel sorry for them. The poor country is going to collapse. You know, what can we do to help them? I find that in articles by China experts. So that's the first real problem. The second real problem is the influence operations. The number of people who benefit in the millions or hundreds of millions of dollars from arguing for China, who then want to cover up their ties and not register as a foreign agent. You can register at 24 hours online with the FBI and Department of Justice. A lot of people who lobby for China don't do that. There's one very famous lawsuit taking place right now, John, that's Steve Wynn arguing to return a certain defector from uh, America to China. And the Justice Department's been asking him since 2018, please register as a foreign agent. And he won't do it. He says, no, I'm just helping China. 
It's amazing. Yeah. And um, so, so many Americans are blind to it. We've got about two minutes left. Mike, I want to ask this. President Trump told me you were going to be his next ambassador to China. We're now at a, a crossroads. Important actions need to happen soon. What is the best advice you would give this president or any president to rebalance this relationship and make sure that America keeps its supremacy? Well, the most important thing that I believe President Trump was going to do is try to get hold of our negotiating process. So the president himself can see this is what the Chinese are doing to us. Here's the countermeasures we need. And then negotiate from Xi Jinping to Trump or Biden in a holistic way. These are all the issues. That's not being done by Joe Biden. That's the problem. It's very difficult for the president to gather together all the issues, all the different departments of government, and then make them work for him. Frankly, it, it took President Trump many, many, many hours, and I'm an eyewitness to President Trump in the Oval Office trying to hammer out uh, an approach to negotiations with the cabinet secretaries basically openly opposing him. So I, you've probably seen President Trump's interview where he says, he's asked, what's your biggest mistake? And he says, personnel. So if you get like-minded people to work on China in a holistic way, we can negotiate and make a huge difference. If you can't do that, China's going to surpass us without a doubt, and we'll never get our global primacy back again, John. Yeah, so important. Got about 30 seconds. Taiwan, how worried should we be about it? Well, the Chinese assess the Taiwan situation from year to year, and they look at a number of things including how much Taiwan independence is being discussed or proposed in Taiwan. They also look at the military balance. Uh, they also look at whether America and its allies would come to Taiwan's support the way we did with Ukraine and NATO. There's no NATO that defends Taiwan. In fact, there's no formal defense treaty with Taiwan. So I'm worried that there's just too much ambiguity in our defense of Taiwan. It's not clear at all to the Chinese what the consequences would be. Yeah. Well, clarity is so important. That's what your book gave us many years ago. We are so grateful, Dr. Felsbury, that you could join us and keep us up to speed on this very important issue. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by the Vice President of Government Relations at the Heritage Foundation. Right after this. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery Starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
Welcome back, everybody. Joining us now is the Vice President of Government Affairs at the Heritage Foundation, Tommy Binion. Tommy, great to have you on today. Great to be with you. One of the big things that are working their way through the Congress now is what we colloquially call the China uh, Competition Act. There are different versions of the House and Senate. Do either of these versions of the bill do what America needs to keep its uh, lead on China? Not in any way, shape or form. And that's really sad. We know that the threat emanating from China is the greatest threat, external threat to our nation. We know it's an existential threat that needs to be taken seriously on a whole of society level. Uh, and it's a generational threat. Um, it's, it's sad, but not surprising that the United States Congress would uh, produce a bill that uh, claims to be countering the threat from China, but in actuality is just throwing money at, at favored industries. Uh, no, it, it doesn't do what we, what we need done. It, it even fails to put up guardrails that would make sure that it doesn't make things worse. This is a huge pot of money that's going to be going to certain industries, and there are no guardrails on this bill to make sure that none of that money is going to end up in Beijing. I'm seriously worried about whatever comes out of this conference committee. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, we had uh, Michael Pillsbury, the great Trump China advisor, the great author of one of the most important books on China on the show a little bit earlier. And he said something very profound, which is that Joe Biden adopted the language of uh, Donald Trump on China in the last couple of years, but he doesn't back it up with action. Do these laws and some of the other things you're seeing in the Biden administration match that, uh, that comparison? Uh, I, I think Michael Pillsbury is absolutely right with that. What it shows you is that Biden is picking up on the American people's deep concern about China. He knows that would be a popular thing to say, which is that we as a federal government, as a nation, are going to confront this threat. But when you take a look under the hood and you see what the Biden administration has actually done with respect to countering the threat to China and the legislation that they are championing on the Hill, it's nowhere close to the rhetoric. Yeah, it's amazing. The gap is getting bigger by the day. I want to ask you about something that I know you're probably well versed in. Back at the end of January, FBI Director Chris Ray gave a speech at the Reagan Library, very well received, saying, hey, China is a very serious threat. You have to look at it the same way we looked at the Soviet Union in the 80s. And he talked about the IP theft and how they went about it. Two weeks later, just two weeks later, the Justice Department, which supervises the FBI, ended the China Initiative, one of the most important tools the FBI was using to find the Chinese spies, particularly embedded in academia. How do you read that action? All of us learned as young as kindergartners that actions speak louder than words. It's one thing to say we're taking the threat from China seriously. It's, it's even great that Director Ray would get all of the rhetoric and, and, and all of the deep concerns, intellectual property theft, economic challenges, military challenges, correct. But then two weeks later, turn around and disband the China initiative, which, as you said, is one of our most effective tools for fighting Chinese espionage uh, and, and Chinese propaganda uh, to disband that. That is, at the end of the day, the action that speaks louder than any words the Biden administration um, could put out. Uh, the China initiative should come back. It should come back in an even fuller way. It should expand. Um, but it would still just be the start of countering the threat to China. We need a we need a whole of nation approach from the federal government, the state governments, private companies, public companies, our um, college and university education system. All of these um, facets of American life need to understand this threat and rise to the challenge of confronting it. Yeah, it's such a momentous time in American history. And we've got to get Americans educated what the stakes are. Someone who did that very well very recently was your boss, my good friend, Kevin Roberts, the president of the Heritage Foundation. 
wrote a very powerful op-ed entitled, Biden's weakness in Ukraine-Russia conflict has only further emboldened China in a new kind of war. Tell us a little bit about why what's happening in Ukraine right now actually has consequences in the Pacific. Well, there's a few reasons. One is it's it's proper to conceive of uh, Russia as a stalking horse for China. Uh, Putin's actions can be seen as sort of a test balloon for what China may do uh, in, in, in various uh, regions that they're interested in. Our response on the American side can be seen as everything we might do short of kinetic warfare to counter China. Uh, this is sort of a test for how America will respond to an aggressive authoritarian regime expanding um, uh, in a kinetic way into other regions. So, you know, between those two things, I think that China has learned a lot from the war uh, in Ukraine, uh, taking notes, seeing what America is going to do, seeing what the global response to Putin is, um, and, and they're learning in this century how to be an aggressive nation. Oh, that they are. If you just watch what's going on in the South China Sea, folks, there's so many forms of aggression going on almost every day. We had a story on Just the News where their satellite imagery showing they're, they're practicing Chinese military, practicing how to blow up an American aircraft carrier. Uh, there's a lot of aggression out there. I had the chance a little bit ago to talk to President uh, Trump, and we had a great interview about a month ago. One of the ideas that he and I talked about was the idea of what he called a PEDO, sort of a Pacific alliance that could counter Chinese malign influence in the Pacific the way NATO has been used in Europe. Are some military thinkers, some conservatives beginning to develop big ideas like that? There's no question that we need to approach the threat of China with international allies. No question about it. Uh, when we move, for instance, to sanction CCP officials uh, and to make it impossible for them to do their business on the world stage, we're going to need allies to do that. So I think President Trump has that absolutely right. But let me be clear. America needs to lead. And that isn't what's happening right now. We are falling short of this threat. We are uh, telling our allies it is OK to be as economically dependent as we are on China. And I think we're still continuing in the wrong direction under American leadership with regard to this threat. Yeah, you know, uh, Heritage has some of the greatest thinkers on China policy. And I want to ask you, we got about just under a minute left. What are some of the things that uh, should be done in Washington? What can be done in Washington over the next six months, a year to start to get us back on track with our China policy? Well, when you when you think about that question, look at all the features of American life that the China influence has invaded. Hollywood, universities, um, uh, economics, our supply chain military, our international alliances, where is China spending money to curry favor throughout the globe? And we have got to start to reverse all of those things. We need to make sure that there aren't Chinese influences, for example, on college campuses. We need to make sure that where the CCP, offic or CCP officials are trying to do business throughout the globe, that those economic avenues are shut down to them. Um, we, need to, uh, we need to build a China-resistant economy. We need to make sure that our supply chains, especially in critical industries, are not coming from China. China-resistant economy. That's a goal I think a lot of people can get behind. Tommy, it's always an honor to have you on the show. We learned a lot. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you very much. Have a great show. As well. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this message. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. Joining us now is the Mercatus Center Senior Research Fellow at George Mason University, Dr. Weifeng Chung. Doctor, good to have you on today. Thanks for having me again, John. You have such a powerful voice and you open our eyes to so much of what's going on in China that most Americans don't get a chance to see because our media doesn't cover it very much. But we recently had a little bit of a taste of it. We got to see the misery and the lack of freedom that Shanghai residents have been experiencing during these recent COVID lockdowns. Give us the state of freedom, the state of rights in China, when, if you're looking at it uh, from the Chinese uh, residents' perspective. Now, I think before the Shanghai lockdown, which is now might also be getting into Beijing, the Beijing area, right. uh, that would be also a big deal as well. So before all this happened, actually, uh, there was an illusion that you know, at, at some point people still have some freedom, in, in, including where they travel uh, around their neighborhood. But I think this, uh, the, the mist sort of burst uh, when the Shanghai lockdown happened. And it's uh, strikingly, uh, although there is, there is some disobedience and opposition uh, 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 very locally, but uh, I think overall the Chinese residents in Shanghai seem to be very obedient about the uh, draconian measures, which speaks a lot, I think, about how much control the Chinese president still has uh, for the economy and the society overall. Yeah, it is remarkable, the compliance. And uh, we saw some people who are clearly frustrated, but you're right, probably the vast majority have submitted to the will of the Chinese government. Uh, one of the places that uh, I think is the, one of the crown jewels of the world, Hong Kong, has continued to watch so much of its historical freedoms be eroded, particularly free speech. Can you give us a quick update about Hong Kong and how much it has changed over the last few years? Well, Hong Kong really has changed a great deal. Uh, I, I lived in Hong Kong for a few years in the mid-2000s. Right. So that was barely a decade after the uh, handover from the British. So Hong Kong back then was actually quite free, but unfortunately now it's totally different. Uh, and, you know, evidence number one is that there's no pro-democracy legislator in the entire uh, uh, legislature in Hong Kong. And a lot of uh, newspapers are being shut down and journalists, including the founder of the famous uh, Apple Daily, was in jail. Right. And uh, the Freedom Index, uh, Press Freedom Index of Hong Kong just uh, plummeted a couple of weeks ago to uh, uh, 148 across uh, 180 that are tracked, uh, countries and regions that are tracked by uh, the uh, organization that produced the index. So uh, it has been a, uh, drastically declining in terms of uh, the freedom the people in Hong Kong actually have. 
Amazing. What a, what a number to think about. 148. That's unreal. Uh, we look at this year and we talk about China and we say, hey, America, we're doing good. We're OK. But actually, the last few years have been tough for free speech and rights in America, whether it was COVID-19 lockdowns of our own and restrictions or things like disinformation boards and other things. As Americans look at China, how much should we be concerned that some of the creeping big government intrusions are beginning to crop up in this great country? That's certainly a concerning trend. And as, I think as a general rule, whenever there's public crisis, it provides opportunities for the people in power to shrink the power of the people. And, and that's certainly what we are seeing now in China. I mean, in a more extreme form, we are certainly seeing that in North Korea, even a, a regime like that, you know, with an outbreak, the government would move very quickly to do things that they would normally, uh, normally would not be able to do. And we are seeing uh, some of that in this country, too. You know, uh, I, I have written about the um, use of abuse, I should say, of the national emergency power of the federal government. You know, the, the federal government announced a national emergency about COVID at the beginning of 2020. And now that everybody has uh, pretty much everybody is vaccinated and then we don't think too much about the COVID uh, pandemic as a crisis in this country anymore. But the emergency power is still hanging there. In fact, some of the emergency powers are uh, still lingering from announcements from 1970s. The Iran, you know, the, uh, the he uh, hostage crisis in the 1970s has given the federal government powers that persisted to this day. So whenever there's crisis, the government sees power and they never let go. I think that's a uh, trend that we need to constantly fight against. Otherwise, you know, freedom is not free. Yeah, and our founding fathers had that grave distrust of giving too much power to government because they knew we might never get it back. That's such a good, a good point. I want to hit on two last things as we head to the back end of this segment. First off, uh, the zero COVID policy. Can China maintain that or will we begin to see uh, a loosening of that that it's not attainable long term? That's really uh, hard to uh, say right now because we are seeing some loosening in Shanghai. But that's after several weeks of lockdown that we are talking about. Right? It was supposed to be one week, but now it's like 50, 60 days. Right. And so it's uh, and there's some talks now about the uh, the second, presumably the second most powerful man in the Chinese government, the Premier Li Keqiang, sort of uh, re reemerging from uh, uh, the the silence that he has been under uh, under the shadow of the Chinese president. So there's some talks about some more practical voices in China uh, having uh, being louder now. So they might be against uh, such a draconian measure of lockdown. But it's really hard to see because power struggle, uh, struggle as we all know, is very hard to predict uh, whether we are in a transparent open society. Uh, that's even uh, hard to say, not, not to say that in China, everything is so opaque. So I, I think we have to uh, keep an eye on uh, the situation. I think around Beijing will be very indicative. Some Smaller cities near Beijing are getting more and more locked down now, and yeah. that might actually also come to Beijing at some point. Yeah, that is a trend line people are watching closely. Okay, we got about a minute left, sir. I want to ask you this. We know what's happened in China to freedom. We've seen what's happened in the transformation of Hong Kong. There is that extraordinary country, our ally of ours, we call Taiwan. Are they in danger in the next year of losing a lot of their freedom? Uh, you mean because of China? Yes. So that's uh, harder to predict. I think uh, one thing that we need to watch very closely is how China is taking the lessons from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. One thing that's surprising even to Beijing was how harsh the sanctions 
the West, uh, Western countries were able to put together. And I think, I hope uh, at least that would give Beijing a pause in terms of how much they want to be, how aggressive they want to be toward uh, Taiwan. Yeah, extraordinary. There is a lot to learn from Russia's missteps. There's no doubt about that. Dr. Weifeng Zhang, you are always an honor to have on. We learn so much and we get uh, transparency in a country that's sometimes hard to understand. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks again for having me, John. Yeah, it's a great honor. All right, folks, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got the vice president of Heritage Action for America, our sponsor tonight, Garrett Best. We're going to wrap things up with a big discussion of what's ahead between the U.S. and China in the months ahead. We'll be right back after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back, everybody. We've got the perfect guest, guest to wrap up today's show. He is the vice president of Heritage Action for America, our partner. You've had him on the show before. He's fantastic. Garrett Best. Garrett, great to have you on the show today. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to have you on. Listen, we have had a conversation over the last hour that most people in Washington don't want to have, and that is acknowledging that China is one of our biggest challenges in the future to our economic supremacy, military supremacy, our di diplomatic supremacy. I want to ask you as we step back, why are so many people in this town afraid to have this conversation? Well, it's a great question, John. And I mean, I, I remember when uh, uh, the, uh, the premier of China had visited last and all over D.C. were the American and Chinese flags hanging from the light poles. And there was a big celebratory environment about uh, the leader of China uh, visiting the White House and 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 uh, the seat of power of the U.S. government, and uh, nothing could be more dissonant with how the American people view China. I mean, the American people get it. Um, Chinese government, uh, as uh, sort of embodied by the Chinese Communist Party, um, is the single biggest threat uh, to our way of life and the values that we hold um, over over this next century. Uh, they have been for a while. And slowly but surely, we are starting to see inklings of American leadership uh, acknowledging that fact. Uh, but there's there's so much invested in this uh, this town, this uh, this capital city of Washington D.C. Um, in sort of maintaining the status quo, or sometimes even uh, closing our eyes and wishing bad things would just go away so we don't have to deal with them. Um, and that's just not the case with China. 
We, the first thing that our leaders should do is to wake up to the adversarial threat that China is and to speak clearly and define that threat clearly to the American people and to the world, frankly. Yeah, it's so important. And we've just got to raise that volume so that people do it. The FBI director in January said, hey, China is a big problem. We got to get out of They're stealing our IP. Two weeks later, the Biden Justice Department shut down one of the main Chinese espionage programs. When you have things like that going on on the executive branch, what can Congress do to try to get America ahead of this problem? Yeah, and I mean, that's just an unbelievable example. Here, here it is known that the Chinese government and uh, sort of allies in the business community in China are actively stealing intellectual property from American companies. And for, and for decades, this has been happening. And so f- to shut down uh, an agency or, or a branch of an agency that is designed specifically to counter uh, these espionage efforts of China just defies common sense, defies logic. Um, I can't even begin to wrap my mind around uh, what would cause that decision uh, to, to actually be made. Uh, but the, the simple fact is true. Well, first off, Congress should conduct oversight. Uh, there are ample opportunities to hold hearings and to work with allies within the administration who uh, would be whistleblowers and to figure out uh, what ha- what went on. What is the mindset? Why are these decisions actually being made? Um, and, and why are decisions being made that are contrary to established fact patterns uh, that we know of? Um, and then secondly, to, to tie funding uh, to specific decisions by the administration. Um, it, Congress could very easily... Uh, direct President Biden uh, to take the China threat seriously, to reopen uh, offices like the one that you just mentioned that were closed, uh, to engage in new efforts. Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is a power that Congress has under the Constitution and quite often does not use it effectively, but should use it in this, in this situation. Yeah, power of the purse string. You can make executive branches do a lot of things with that power if you choose to exercise it. That's exactly right. I'd love to get your assessment of the Biden administration's approach to China. It's clearly very different than where where Donald Trump left the situation. We were making some strides against China a couple of years ago. What's your over under on the Biden administration's approach to this great threat? Well, I think I think his approach uh, on the world stage is is very similar in every in every scenario that he's encountered so far. I forget who said it, but Joe Biden's been uh, been wrong on every foreign policy uh, decision over the past yeah. 40 years. Bob Gates, that's um, right, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, just, just look at Afghanistan. Cl- uh, uh, not clearly defining the problem, not clearly understanding the threat, um, and, and making decisions based upon uh, domestic politics as opposed to, um, you know, true foreign policy uh, threats. Uh, Ukraine is the si- same situation. Uh, Congress is, uh, perhaps even as we are talking, uh, sending $40 billion in additional assistance to Ukraine. Now, we, we should have a robust debate about how we can assist the Ukrainian people as they fight back against the Russian aggression against them. Uh, but, but there is a real lack of leadership from the president to come out and clearly define what our national interests are in the Ukrainians being successful against Russia. And that, that pattern plays out with China as well. Uh, Joe Biden is, is at best absent from uh, this discussion and at worst is using this this uh, concern with China that the American people hold sort of behind the scenes to advance his own domestic uh, priorities. His his uh, allies in Congress are using uh, the concern of the American people for China to advance legislation that in large part 
looks simply like bailouts of their preferred industries and subsidies to home state priorities of people like Chuck Schumer. And so uh, he, he's not clearly defining. He, he's not he's not engaging in presidential leadership, which which we so desperately need um, at best. And then at worst, he's actually using it um, to advance his own uh, sort of partisan initiatives. Yeah, there's no doubt. Garrett, we only got about 30 seconds left. Time and again, Hoffa keeps showing that the grassroots can make a difference. How can Americans get involved at the grassroots level and turn this issue around? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, one is we, we always, we always uh, impress upon grassroots activists to maintain a relationship with their member of Congress. Don't worry about the party affiliation. Make your voice heard. I mean, I've worked for several congressmen. Uh, there's a lot of people in our organization that have. It, it actually does have an impact when you add your voice to the constant refrain that those members of Congress hear. Sure and, they, and they will ultimately represent your views, whether, whether that particular person does or whether you have to vote them out and, and vote somebody else in. Um, we, we get the government that, that fundamentally represents us at a certain point in time yep. if, we're, if we're committed enough to our own beliefs. Yeah, there's no doubt. Make your voice heard. That's something that Heritage Action does very well for everyday Americans. Garrett, so great to have partnered with you on this special and to have your wisdom at the end of today's uh, conversation. Thanks so much. Thank you, John. Well, folks, that wraps things up for tonight's special report. Many thanks to our sponsor, Heritage Action for America, for helping put on tonight's conversation and to Real America's Voice Network for giving us this great platform. This was a candid conversation about China and America's road ahead on a very important policy issue. We here at Just the News and Real America's Voice are committed to getting you the facts so you can make up your own mind. Now, tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, my co-host Amanda Head and I will return to the Anchor's Desk to bring you more news of the day without the noise from Washington, D.C. And with that, I wish you a wonderful evening and ask that God bless you, your family, and these great United States of America. Good night. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore 
of every story, but this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.